Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Awesome. Now we're all synced up. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, no problem at all. Oh, and how's my, vo- how's my volume? Good, good. Everything's coming right. clear. Fidelity's great. Everything's fine. Perfect. Okay. That was a little stressful. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Uh, so, it happens. Uh, so, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about um, <coughs> Cooper first? Well, Bill Cooper is an interesting subject. Uh, we can do either one first. Um... See Bill Cooper, and then we're going to talk about Excel politics and uh, the SSP, and uh, for the second half yeah. or the second hour, that could be doable. That's e- very easy. Very easy. Great. Yeah. You're breaking up a little bit. Okay. How about now? Can you hear me now? Hello. It says your network bandwidth is low. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, sometimes that does happen, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're like choppy, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Uh, I kind of get bad Wi-Fi reception here. Okay, yeah. But uh, you know, I'll try my best to try to get a strong signal and everything. But yeah, basically, we're just gonna have to hope it's a good day when it comes to the okay. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes the storms and everything come through, and for you know whatever the reason is, X Y Z the the signal is weaker or stronger. I live in South Texas, and there's not a lot of infrastructure, meaning that there's hundreds of miles between every city. It's like northern Canada in that way. And without signal boosters, we're basically at the whim of whatever, you know, the weather is like. Like, sometimes, I live in a a back apartment of the main, I got, like, a two-building property, a compound. And the first building uh, has uh, the, the routers and the Wi-Fi signal, and I live across the yard. And so, you know, sometimes we can't even watch movies and stuff, stream stuff Wi-Fi-wise. It's just such a bad signal. And I know first world problems, right? But, yeah, it's... it's it, well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like we get the Internet, but it's like still you're too far away from it unless we want to pay for the signal boosters like they do in, like, California and stuff or the mountains. And it's just like, those things, you know, they're not expensive, but it's just more technology and they're bad for you. They give you headaches and stuff. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I, well, I'm really, like, curious what you think about um, Bill Cooper, so maybe we should start there. And then it will kind of lead into the other. Yeah, yeah, I think it will, too. I think that's a pretty good... Uh, flow to start with Bill Cooper, which is like grounded in reality, and then talk about, um, yeah, we'll talk about him first 30 minutes, we'll talk about the just the facts and the positives, and then, or not even that, the first 30 minutes we'll just talk about the facts, and then we'll go to positives and then negatives, uh, 
because, you know, I don't want to delve too much into, like, I don't want to make it a hit piece, and I, I really like Bill Cooper. I think I really like Bill Cooper. I think he's one of the best and probably the best uh, conspiracy truthers in history in America. But, you know, this is all part of it. We're, we're starting right now and everything like that. So if you want to say your introduction, we can, and then we introduce ourselves, and we'll just go right into it. Sure. Okay. Welcome back to the Strange Neighborhood Podcast. You have your host, Kaylin, with you again. And as well, we have Top Secret Texan back on the podcast. So say hello, Tex. Everyone, I'm sure everyone's kind of getting familiar with you on here. Howdy, damn it. No, it's, uh, it's hello, how's it going? And today we're going to talk. Oh, no, I was going to say hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Top Secret. Sorry about that. Like I said, the Wi-Fi issue is going to be an issue. Uh, just let me know if, I, if you <laughs> never like need to repeat anything. I'm like, we could catch the real body, but... Yeah, tell me if you ever need to repeat anything or anything, and I'll be happy to repeat it, you know. Um, howdy, damn it. My name is Beyond Top okay, Secret yeah. Texan. Um, broadcasting from South Texas, and uh, you can check me out through Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. Uh, podcast is available internationally on all the podcast channels. Um, almost 400 free episodes in the archives. But if you would like to support, all you have to do is listen and share and you know follow and all that. You can check out my social media. Twitter right now is over 8,000 followers and rising. Uh, this is impressive because I'm shadow banned as fuck and... Uh, I've lost two TikTok channels, two Patreon channels, my YouTube just got taken down, and my first Instagram was taken down at over 3,000 followers, so uh, catch me where you can, while you can, because we've been I've been doing this for about three years now, and it's a solo show, I've been doing this for about three years, and we've made a lot of progress, we've reached millions of people, uh, one of our TikTok channels had over a billion views on the videos, we do podcasts, uh, the we, the royal we, Beyond Top Secret Texan does podcasts and uh, yeah. videos, does dark web videos. And so basically you can check out, if you like videos, if you like evidence, if you just like to watch clips, you check out the, the, the videos I post online, uh, Twitter, Telegram, etc. Or you can check out the, the podcast episodes, which are all meaty episodes. They're about an hour long each deep dives great uh, subjects uh, cult uh, paranormal conspiracy true crime uh, military episodes uh, based on technology and and various other uh, subjects of the weird and the wild uh, I take this very seriously I do it full time and uh, no one else is like me I bring you very unique evidence and very unique theories um so yeah, definitely would love to have you uh, join our, the, the community, join the, the fans out there in Dreamland, and uh, even if you give one episode a listen, I mean, I thank you ahead of time for your attention and your time. I know it's precious, and I know it's valuable, so just check it out. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, something there might be what you want to watch, you know, at the moment, or else just give the channel a follow, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's something that I always produce content. I produce an episode every about once a week. So if you like, uh, you know, listening, you know, to something regularly to tune into, the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast is going to be your broadcast. That's awesome. It kind of broke up a tiny bit, but I think, like, mainly we heard everything you said. Um, today, um, we're going to talk to Tex about William Cooper, because, yeah, he had some insights 
and I'm just like super into interested in that. I just finished reading Beyond or what's it called? My mind's going blank. Oh, you just streamed up Behold the Pale Horse. Behold the Pale Horse. I'm yeah, like, what is the me, first word? Uh, well, this episode started because you sent me the link to Behold a Pale Horse, and it's an incredible book written by Milton William, Co- uh, yeah, Milton William Cooper, otherwise known as Bill Cooper for short. I think that's what he's known for by 95% of the world knows him as Bill Cooper. Uh, you know, do a Google search. You're going to find him on Bill Cooper. Uh, Milton William Cooper is the full name, uh, which I think he published the Behold the Pale Horse book uh, uh, with. So... Um, actually getting a hold on his bibliography is a little bit difficult on how many books he's written. Amazon has it at five official books, and um, there are several ebooks and PDF formats which were uh, published on the early version of the internet called Paranet. Uh, this is during the days of bulletin services and not even like a true internet, like where you could, uh, like early 90s. You know, early 90s version of the internet. He was publishing full book-length PDF reports and stuff like that, like essays. So, uh, while the bibliography says five, I believe it's closer to about ten ten works that he officially wrote. You know, like that we know for a fact that Bill Cooper was a a writer on. Um, More than a writer, though, Bill Cooper was a truth speaker he was a what you would call a a circuit speaker uh for years and he would travel the country like a you know like uh, many of the circuit speakers do nowadays the the format's exactly the same selling tickets presenting his information through slideshows or presentations um through various conferences, usually as a guest, you know, like someone would set up, say, contact in the desert or something like that, and he would travel to Las Vegas, and he would give his presentation at a conference center or a convention center, uh, speak to the people in attendance, sell his merchandise, and basically travel the world doing that. Um, it was in the early 90s uh, that he decided to write Behold the Pale Horse, uh, Due to the discovery, uh, what motivated that was the discovery of a text, uh, I think it was an official white paper, a, a government brief called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars is a above top secret, you know, elite playbook basically involving the assertion of the New World Order and, uh, after this was discovered, reportedly in a Xerox machine that was bought at an auction from a military base as surplus, and then they found this copy of this top-secret dossier inside the Xerox machine, and then published it. So he published what he knew about it, you know, because it was already, it became the news, it became the breaking story in the conspiracy world that this document had been discovered, and William Cooper was like, I know that document, because to William Cooper... He first saw it in the Navy, and he was a Navy intelligence man. Um, now, I guess this is the time to talk about his bibliography. Uh, this is biography, just the facts, just the facts. He was born in the 40s, and like I said, you can go look at yeah. Wikipedia, yeah. all that stuff if you want to know dates and times and mom's birth name and stuff like that. No, but he was born in the 40s, so he's a product of the 40s, uh, the World War II era. 
military service was considered very patriotic, very good for them. You know, like that was very honorable. He joins the Navy. He's from a military family. I believe he has said his father was from the Air Force. Uh, so he joins the Navy, and he wants to do intelligence. And he gets assigned to intelligence because of his family connections. It's a very, very coveted and elite uh, rating, even if you're enlisted like he was, because it has a lot of perks, it has a lot of fringe benefits, and it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, vetting, a lot of background searching. And many people just simply cannot qualify for it. They just don't have the clean record, a clean enough record. So very, very important job, very yeah. cush job, you know, uh, fat cat type duty. And inside his service, now, as far as we can tell, inside his service, and we'll talk about the UFO stuff in its own, its own like minute um, to discuss this stuff. But yes, he apparently saw UFOs. Uh, physically, phys uh, visibly saw UFOs while on watch in military service in uniform on a ship in the Pacific Ocean with crewmates, with shipmates, uh, including the officers on watch. He, after seeing this, was stationed to military intelligence for the Admiral of the Pacific Fleet. Uh, this is this is in his own words uh, that the Admiral of the Pacific Fleet would have him and a team of intelligence analysts read the documents that the admiral was supposed to sign that day uh, because the admiral does not read you know his own paperwork that's true a boss does not read the letters that are coming into the mail like that's what the secretary is for the secretary deems if it's important enough to give to him to finish like his his work right so while he was basically a glorified secretary he was yeah. in charge of reading documents from everything relating to the JFK assassination to uh, various plots of the New World Order, UFO uh, realities and disclosures, such as sightings across the ocean, uh, real politic, uh, political conspiracy. One of those that is mentioned, and this would also become the, the, the writings for Behold the Pale Horse, by the way. This would all become fuel for the Behold the Pale Horse and his career. So while he's a young man, he's literally physically reading documents that we still are talking about as conspiracies, you know, however, however, this was in the 60s, or however many years later, you know, like, uh, I fuck, 60? 60 in itself, so it's 60 upon the 60, yeah, 1960, it's 60 since 1960. So that just shows you that this is how important these documents were, right? He was there reading and learning about our, the reality of the true world, the NWO, the Bilderberg Group, the Rockefellers controlling the Navy, um, the Soviet Union working with the United States to help divide the world and conquer it, um, the Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars program, all of this, Majestic 12 with the UFOs, uh, cover-up, and the high level of classification with that. He read, apparently, a lot of it, a significant amount. Then, he would be stationed to Vietnam, um, after Vietnam broke out and he wanted to be stationed there, he, he volunteered to go drive a PT boat, uh, be a riverine basically, drive a PT boat and engage in combat with the actual Vietnamese. Now, um, at this point he's actually in duty and serving war. He comes out of it very, very affected by it. You know, uh, he never said he had PTSD. 
but like many men of Vietnam and the veterans of Vietnam, it was a very terrible time just to be alive and, and, and to be in service, however you were in service and stuff like that. So uh, every, no, one, no one got out the same. Everyone, you know, that, that thing changed. If you were there for a day, it changed you, you know, compared to how everyone else saw the world. And when he came back, he was a very different man. Uh, started to kind of rebel and express himself a lot more. Started to think a lot more. In his own words, he started reading voraciously, educating himself, trying to better himself. Uh, he attended vocational schools. He went to, you know, he used his GI Bill to go to college and was a teacher of photography for a little while, as well as, you know, various other things. Um, he owned a gallery, for example, of photography. But he has declared himself afterwards a renowned photography expert, for example, a world-class photography expert. And it was because of this interior time. Um, he started getting into UFOs, reading you about UFOs, and this is where it kind of like you want to break into just the Bill Cooper's career. This was during the 80s, and he lived near he lived in uh, California, and he would travel routinely to Las Vegas, right? So the deserts of California routinely traveling to Las Vegas. Uh, that's a weird area. It's a it's a cool crowd. I like that area a lot. The Mojave Desert group. Uh, you know, but they're, they're the same as they were in the 1980s, and they were the same in the 1950s, too. Like, they're a bunch of UFO enthusiasts, new age speakers. Uh, he got in touch with Bob Lazar. He got in touch with John Lear. He got in touch with uh, Todd Hoagland and uh, various other government types. <clears throat> this is what sets them apart, uh, why I kind of wanted to mention the new age group. Because he wasn't a part of the ancient aliens type crowd, the crystal, the crystal huggers, and the, and the, uh, you know, Sonora portal openers, the people who are like, you know, we're gonna meditate and sun our genitals and drink cob, you know, uh, ayahuasca, and then maybe UFOs are gonna come down and contact us. He was a part of the, what you, I would call the, the uh, former G-men the former G-men or the ex-G-men because all these people had government rankings and government ratings and government careers prior to them becoming conspiracy theorists as we would know them or UFO uh, ufologists or UFO speakers or insiders or whistleblowers however you want to call them Uh, these were like Bob Lazar had worked at Area 51 these are guys who are nerds these are guys with, with short haircuts these are guys who have careers you know respectable careers these are guys who uh, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be uh, carried away because of a, a good story. These guys want, but they might also have an ulterior gen- agenda. Like on the face of it, they just want the truth to be told. Bob Lazar is coming out saying he worked with uh, a UFO at Area 51. You know that they erased his history, etc. Uh, Todd Hoagland, who worked for NASA, is coming out and talking about secret projects on Mars. Uh, energy fields that aren't disclosed to the public, toroidal energy structures, uh, the face on Mars. Todd Hoagland's very famous to talk about the face on Mars and how that's evidence of a civilization on Mars that previously existed, etc. Um, he's a trip. You should go look at John Lear. John Lear uh, holds a number of flight records. We used to work for the CIA, uh, you know, as a pilot doing very shady shit all over the world, uh, and then would become a technologist and an, and an aviation engineer in his own right. He's the he's an heir of the Lear private jet family. 
So every time you see a Lear jet, oh. you're seeing uh, his fortune. And I'm saying like the, the, the this is this may mean nothing to most people, and that's absolutely understandable. But in aviation, the Lear jet is uh, a private plane that you can put missiles on. It is absolutely a fighter jet that you can fly in, like uh, that that rich people fly to to like Hawaii and shit. And it's like a very the CIA uses them a lot. And Saddam Hussein once used a Lear jet to shoot a missile into a U.S. Navy ship successfully. Like Lear jets are pretty badass, and exactly what like it's just like the CIA's perfect plane. You can put drugs in them. You can rich people love them. You know, it's it's like uh, you can arm them like if you really wanted to do it. But, uh, yeah, so he's literally in tight with these people, and he's giving UFO presentations around the country, some of the best UFO presentations, by the way, objectively. As someone, if you want to watch some great UFO uh, presentations with great evidence, with great logic, with great speaking uh, charisma behind it, watch Bill Cooper's 1980s UFO documentaries and UFO uh, presentations the best, the best in quality. Still have not been uh, reproduced or bettered. Um, just incredible delivery, incredible uh, information, etc. Sorry, did you, did you say the name of it again? You just cut out when you said the name there. There is no name to it. There are just various okay. UFO presentations. Oh, uh, just to... Yeah, type in Bill Cooper UFO presentation or talk, UFO talk. Uh, his most okay. famous... I would say his most famous uh, one was in 19... I want to say 89. And in 1989, he gave this UFO presentation, and it's really bad quality. You know, I don't really care about quality. I think if you can see it and hear it, it's good enough because the uh, the alternative is it doesn't exist to you. You know, you can't see it ever. Yeah. So if it's, if it's fucking black, you know, choppy, and you see the grain and the VHS where it's been recorded too much and then, like, you know, stretched out, and it's like you, you can barely hear the audio. Still, it's 1988, so it's, like, really good. Or 1989. And in this, uh, in this presentation, Bill Cooper presents an actual photo of a gray, a gray alien. And this is uh, real because he also goes into explain the history of the, the, the photo. And it was published in Air Magazine, or sorry, Air, um, Aircraft Maintenance Magazine. Aircraft Maintenance Magazine, which is an official publication that is typically read only by aircraft professionals, like engineers, maintainers, or maintenance, uh, maintenance people, ground control, uh, you know, and it's really an industry magazine, right? It's really only a magazine that's sold within the industry of, of aviation. And in this magazine, there was an article about how we could get to the stars with help from our little friends. Now, Scarface had just come out, so the help from my little friend was obviously a play on that. And in the insert, though, they showed a photo of a gray. And this gray alien is has his hand up, one hand up in a sign of, you know, salute. And he's looking into the camera. And the longer you look at this photo, the more details you realize, because Bill Cooper will also walk you through them. He talks about the hairs on the neck. That are visible. He talks about the wetness of the nostrils. He talks about the reflection in the eye. He talks about the ear holes. How they're now they have um, like you know what looks like dead skin or dried skin on them, and and how you know they look like real ears. Like they're not just phony. Like they're like a living person. Like they have dirt in them. 
Then he talks about how um, the hands, you can see the creases and the folds uh, that, are, that show that the fingers actually bend. Like, this is a hand that actually is bending. Like, you know, like, a, like a, the worn skin, how an old, like, you know, a real hand looks compared to a doll's or whatever. Then they talk about the history of the photo and how they had to call, like, the artist isn't mentioned. It's not a work of art. There is no other photo of this thing in existence or of this model. And it's the only photo that exists. They reverse image searched it. And back then, that was a huge ordeal. Like, you know, they could not find another yeah. photo of this model. And then they called into the cup, uh, the actual magazine to the point where they were literally arguing um, because of the inconsistencies of the answers they were given. First, it was a tall bronze model. Then it was a small clay model. Then it was a wooden statue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. they, they tried to get the name of the artist. And they said that it was done anonymously and the artist didn't want to be known, et cetera. They couldn't give out the contact information. Then they said it was a Spanish artist and the guy who lived in South America, and et cetera, et cetera. And then they, they, the fact is this is a real honest disclosure photo of a gray in 1988, which coincides with the various theories about disclosure in the 80s. And Bill Cooper was that level of ufologist, right? He was that level of ufologist. Then he wrote Behold a Pale Horse in the 90s and distanced himself from the UFO phenomenon. And this is just an honest matter-of-fact thing. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but he distanced himself from the UFO phenomenon, distanced himself from John Lear, who he called a CIA plant, uh, an agent in the field of ufology, and he distanced himself from Bob Lazar and... Um, those types, right? He distanced himself from the entire UFO community. Uh, Whitley Strieber, all that, right? Uh, Art Bell. Yeah, that part was really interesting to me about what he said about Whitley Strieber yep. um, being a pony and that he stole someone else's story and printed it as his exactly. own. Exactly. was executed by the military. Exactly. He started getting very political. And uh, that's important because before this, ufologists were not political. Ufology has always had a reputation for being silenced and censored by the men in black and attacked by the government, but ufologists, by and large, were not political. If not, if they weren't idealist, if they weren't utopian, like, oh, all the world's going to become peaceful when the aliens arrive, or all the world's, you know, keeping aliens a secret because they don't want the truth coming out. That's about as far as it got. Uh, mm -hmm. Bill Cooper and John Lear got really into politics. They tie in the Pentagon and the military industrial complex, they tie in the Bilderberg group and the Rockefellers, they tie in the Catholic Church, they tie in the Vatican, etc. They tie in um, like, you know, the, the NATO, they tie in the UN, they tie in all this to the UFOs because none of it makes sense without the UFOs. That is, a, that is actually a quote from Bill Cooper that none of this will make any sense moving forward without the reality of UFOs. He would then change that over, I think, a course of a decade. Because uh, from the publishing of Behold a Pale Horse to his death in 2001, there was only nine years of time. It was less than ten years of time. So this yeah. is the beginning of the end for Bill Cooper, the last ten years of his life. He says on the book, he says he's sealing his own fate. With sealing his own like death that. war. Yeah, signing his own death war. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, he says that many times on the public broadcast, too, on his radio program. Oh, and he starts yeah. a radio show. He starts a radio show after this called Hour of the Time. And the radio show became enormously popular after the success of this book, right? 
and he'll talk about uh, if you want to know all the true stories because I'm only going to talk about it for uh, this hour at most uh, listen to different episodes listen to all the archives you can of hour of the time the hour of the time uh, lets you into a window in this person's life that because it's content because it is his own words he will reveal a lot of the behind the scenes stuff going on so this isn't just me reading a wikipedia or anything this is after having listened to hundreds of episodes of this show putting together the uh, inconsistencies and the the slight reveals the slight dropping of the mask um, the controversies his own personal opinion that he gives freely throughout the years and you can see it change you can see like when he if anything he is being honest at, on this radio show on this radio show, he is legitimately... You can see the sincerity. You can hear the sincerity in his voice. And he morphs from a pro-UFO, pro-alien existence uh, government cover-up. Uh, he even wrote a book called The Threat from Outer Space, for example. And The Threat from Outer Space is a book that talks about how the aliens, the extraterrestrials, are invading Earth and taking over the government within our borders. Uh, this is a point that John Lear liked to make as well, that aliens exist in the United States. They exist occupying our government. They exist living in deep underground military bases. They exist in high-technology, uh, private sector uh, facilities, etc., and they are a closely guarded secret. But that, you know, we, we are not alone. They have made contact. They are here type uh, philosophy. Which, you know, except not saying how you should believe it or not, just saying this is what, the, was what Bill Cooper said. Yeah. Uh, these are his own words. You know, exactly. So he morphs away from that. And in the 90s, from 1993 to about 19, or to about 2001, he broadcasts a more politicized, secret society-focused, uh, Illuminati-focused, uh, anti-NWO... Um, type broadcast in which he talks about the Illuminati, the ancient mysteries, specifically de uh, broadcast the entire ancient mysteries, uh, you know, admirably on his own part for free on, on his public radio. He talks about I, ISIS. I actually started um, putting that out. Like last week I put the first two parts of his Mystery Babylon series mm -hmm. on my podcast. Yep, Mystery Babylon series. He talks about alchemy. He talks about Gnosticism. He talks about uh, Isis worship, a lot of Isis worship. He talks about the ancient Egyptian mysteries in which it's all based on the Osiris cycle. Uh, he talks about all of it. The ancient Greeks, the Apollyon, um, the Apollyon Dionysian conflict, uh, the emergence of society, the uh, Gnostic interpretation, for example, of uh, the life of Christ, uh, the ancient zodiacal astro-theological uh, foundation for the world religion. He talks about Mithraism, uh, Maitreism. Uh, he talks about theosophy. Uh, theosophy. Uh, he talks about all of it. right? He talks about literally Antichrist worship, Lucifer worship, Lucifer rising, uh, the 1960s occult movements, the politicians and their occult symbols, for example, Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, uh, with their Christmas cards featuring the, the the Washington Monument as the white phallus of Osiris, you know, like th that's this is the level of shit he's going into, right? So the best, 
the best. Mm-hmm. If you like, you if you haven't heard that, you need to hear that. If you talk about truth or conspiracies, because it's one hundred percent accurate, traditional, classic information. And this is in the nineties, so it's not like the clown show we have now with politics, where it's like you know politicians aren't important. These are the people that later on still rule the world. Hillary Clinton, um, you know, uh, Joe Biden was in office when he was giving these reports. Bill Clinton considered him the most dangerous man in America. Bill Clinton did. And this was, well, this was during a time of political climate where the Cold War had just ended. So the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, all the three-letter agencies, the ATF, etc., they needed things to do, and um, they needed a reason to exist. So it switched from communism, or internal communism, the communist threat, right, communist spies, mm-hmm. Russian spies, to extremist terrorists. And the two types of extremist terrorism officially recognized in America are eco-terrorism and Christian terrorism. Eco-terrorism because, you know, people will fuck you up if you, uh, well, fuck you up if you hurt the animals. You know, like, they find out you're yeah. skinning cats or whatever. They will burn your shit down. That's a, so th- we can't have that in America. Evil America, evil satanic Babylonian America. We need our animal sacrifice to cosmetics, our god of yeah. beauty. And so um, that's one. And Christian extremism because... You know, if you don't submit to the state, the atheist state, and, and you know, and everything but the but name alone, uh, they will come and get you and throw you in jail. And if you refuse to go to jail, they'll kill you. And that's, uh, that's classic, you know, t- tyranny right there. That's classic uh, tyranny. Uh, but, but yes, Christian extremism, Christian terrorism, like the Branch Davidians, for example, in Waco, in Texas, they were just hanging out living their lives, freely worshipping and associating as they choose to do as adults, and then the ATF came with a, bu- a warrant for a bunch of trumped-up charges based on unpaid taxes uh, for machine guns, which each accounted for $200 per gun. That was it. That was the fine. $200 American per and weapon. didn't they get the guns from the intelligence agencies anyway or something exactly that's exactly the atf always sells you the guns they know you have them they have the receipts yeah that no just the same thing the atf has the only way the atf can know for certain that you have a gun is if they sell you that gun and just like the the ruby ridge incident they asked a guy that saw a shotgun down and they gave him like i think it was five hundred dollars which at the time in 1992 was like five thousand dollars like yeah. buying power, like you could buy like a lot in the country with five hundred dollars in like nineteen ninety four. That was a lot of money, yeah. and for a redneck yeah. who lives with his family and like you know that that's too much money to pass up. So yeah, he sawed off the shotgun, then it became a felony, and then they shot his fourteen year old son and the pregnant wife. And yeah. the FBI did that was that was Ruby Ridge, but Waco they killed David Koresh and uh, a bunch of children and a bunch of their family members. And did things like, uh, they don't even want to talk about, and you watch the movies and they don't show them, but like one of them was like a guy was returning home to the Branch Davidian compound and they caught him in the middle of the street and they shot him dead and they left him there for the three days it took for the siege to end. He was just sitting in the sun bloating, flies in the Texas sun, flies and shit. Oh, it was fucking 
terrible. They, it was amazingly ill-dignified and, and super illegal because the state has to... The state is the only one with the responsibility to send out a mortician and, you know, an ambulance to get the yeah. body, to put it in a hearse, to take it to the, the morgue. Like, that's the only one with the responsibility to do it. The only people who ask you to do that is the state. Like, we would bury our dead in our in our yards and stuff like we used to, but no, we have to give them up to the state so that they can process them. But they left them on a road. The cops did. Left them on the side of a road for days. And then, yeah, they burned the children alive. They drove a tank through the place. Like, they used heavy armor. They, they engaged in a, a surgical SWAT team strike. So, yeah, this was a real thing. And he became... Bill Cooper ran with this shit. Bill Cooper thought this was the first battle in a civil war between Christian militias and American patriots against the evil New World Order federal government, the UN-controlled Zionist government, right, of America. Yeah. And uh, this happened in 1990. He talk about civil war so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that was dominant. That was what he started talking about from Waco to the end of his life. A civil war yeah. between real Americans who valued guns, who valued freedom, who were willing to die uh, for their belief. And, and if you listen to the later era Bill Cooper episodes, it's not UFOs, it's, it's barely anything beyond the fact that the United States government is going to take your guns, take your money, tax you to death, Take your family. Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. He started saying things like patriots do not stay home during major holidays, have multiple yeah. residences, have bug out bags. He started becoming a doomsday prepper. A very yeah. he had a compound. He did in real life. He had a compound. Um, he would say that Black Hawk helicopters were flying over his uh, house during his broadcasts, like so close that they were knocking off uh, roofing tiles, uh, you know, from his house. Uh, he would say that the cops would constantly harass him, etc., that people in town were agents out, out to get him, FBI agents, CIA agents. He refused to pay taxes because he was a sovereign citizen. He became famous for the sovereign citizen movement, uh, yeah. you know, using gold wherever he could instead of cash and currency. Um, but he also became very... Uh, he was already He was already very controversial and hostile as a human being, as a man. Now, yeah. you can be whatever you want as a man. You don't have to be friendly. You don't have to be cute. You don't have to be cuddly. You don't have to be nice, right? Fuck nice. If you don't want to yeah. be nice, don't be nice. But he yeah. would do things like harass people. He was known as vindictive. And this is like already at the 37. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and try to get into like the mixed bag stuff. Oh, well, let me just sure. go ahead. Well, let's end his life. Let's go to, and I, I don't mean that, but let's end, sure. the, let's end the 2001, because we're already at the it late It kind of ties into that Waco kind of story anyway. Yes, exactly. He was, he was creating a situation, and I don't want to say my opinion of it, but what happened was eventually the police served him a warrant for waving a firearm at a person uh, threateningly, um... At that person's residence. Now, you'll hear many different stories about how the government killed him because he predicted 9-11, the gov which he did. He, he, he did not predict 9-11 exactly, but he did say Osama bin Laden would be, related, would be used in a plot against America to get us into a future war. 
He said yeah. that Osama bin Laden was completely a CIA agent, that it was a complete fake story. That he, he did say that how could the CIA be looking for Osama bin Laden, but CNN found him and had cameras in Tora Bora in yeah. the mountains. So, yeah, he yeah. was drawing attention to how bogus the story was, but literally anybody with a brain could also sense that this was complete bullshit. Yeah. And because America doesn't have a lot of people with brains, um, <laughs> it, it's actually quite surprising how obvious the, te- the telegraphing is. That they're like, yeah. oh yeah, literally three months before 9-11, CNN had an exclusive interview with Osama bin Laden in the Tor Bora Mountains. And this is literally the, um, the world's most wanted man for terrorism. Literally yeah. the most wanted world terrorist in the world. And the CNN's there interviewing him to get everyone to know and remember who this man looks like. So yeah, of course yeah. it was super sus, as the kids say yeah. today. Super sus. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he put it together, but he didn't like what people don't realize is he didn't. He wasn't saying this in a vacuum. He was saying that America was going to uh, launch a nuclear attack on itself, was going to uh, attack its citizens, its veterans, attack its Christians. That the Antichrist was going to rise in the year two thousand, and that uh, you know the end of the world was coming because. And, and he was saying this in his podcast that in the year two thousand or a little bit after that. They were going to do things like uh, uh, launch an atomic bomb basically into Jupiter and create a second sun, and that sun would be called Lucifer, and that the rise of the Antichrist would happen in Israel, and uh, the Vatican would give the power of the papacy to the Antichrist, and they would create a one-world religion, and then destroy all the old religions, and if you were an old religion, like a Christian, or a Muslim, or a Jew, it would be a holy war, and you guys, would, and everyone would be put in the camps, and re-educated to communism, etc., 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 so it's like, it's a lot of that, that American... Uh, conspiracy, like militia, uh, live in a compound, have a bunker, you know, any day now, shit's going to hit the fan type mentality. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it's great stuff. It's great quality of that. And that genre, it is the best. It is one of the best, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. There's no more UFOs. There's no. He's just talking about men and women who belong to secret societies of ancient pagans, and they hate Christians. They hate Christians because Christians are going to heaven and they know that they only have the earth and they're trying to ruin the earth with pollution and, you know, or take us, you know, for a ride, take all our money, make us slaves, etc. And he starts talking about how um, he'll never be taken alive. He'll never go to jail. He'll never be uh, submit, right? He's going to start a revolution. He's a dangerous man. He's got explosive yeah. materials. He's going to start trying to, you know, he's going to do things now illegal. He's getting into what they call illegalism. And illegalism yeah. is he's saying, fuck you, United States, you come do something, you little bitch. And the, the government did. The government yeah. sent him a warrant, um, sent him a warrant because the uh, people will say it's because of taxes, people will say it's because of 9-11. Uh, really, the, the official story is, and I said, I don't trust the government either, and I think the cops did murder him on purpose, but the official story is Bill Cooper was waving weapons around town at people that he thought were reporting him. If he thought you yeah. were a cop or a narc, he'd come over to your house and just put a gun in your face and, like, tell you that if you had a problem with him, he'd settle it, right? And he did this to yeah. a doctor uh, in town. 
Like, I mean, not like just anybody, like your na- his neighbors and stuff. And because he was wealthy, his neighbors were also wealthy. And so the neighbors called the cops. And Arizona, he yeah. lived in Arizona. Arizona in the 90s was pretty wild west, but Arizona is full of Democrats now. Everyone knows this. You know, look at the news. Arizona is a blue state. And not officially, because yeah. there's a lot of controversy, but it's controlled by the New World Order. It's controlled by Democrats. And the powers sure. to be are Democrats. The cops are Democrats. Right? They're it liberals. more like California all the time. Exactly. Arizona's just <laughs> little California. Right? No, I'm saying, yeah. like, that's the thing. The power structure, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So the Democrats sent federal officers and the sheriff's department over there. Uh, they already knew Bill Cooper was well-armed. He was already a problem. He was, like, the, he was like the, the guy in town everyone was afraid of was Bill Cooper. And, yeah. um, you know, they, they set him up intentionally. I'll admit, I'll say that. They set him up intentionally. They had yeah. the cops pull up to his property line, blasting rock and roll music, and uh, they were undercover. They were in plain street clothes, right? Uh, yeah. Bill Cooper didn't know who they were. He thought they were kids trying to maybe rob him or just travel on his land illegally. He drove down there to confront him, uh, produced a pistol. At that point, the undercover cops sprung into action. They tried to arrest him, jump into his vehicle. Uh, in the confusion, Bill Cooper shot one in the, f- in the head twice. Did not kill this man, by the way, but he shot him in the head twice with a forty-five caliber handgun. Now... Jesus. Now, I believe in reptilians, and I'm saying that guy was a fucking lizard man. You gotta shoot him in the yeah. liver. You gotta hit him in the stomach. Uh, or right below the chest and right above the stomach, that little area, that breadbasket area, because that's their weak spot. The head, that's nothing. Like that, They're gonna get up from headshots all day. And uh, that's, uh, that's what sounds like to me happened, that th- this motherfucker wasn't human. But he shot this guy twice in the head, and because of that, now that he had shot a police officer, the police were sh- returning fire and before yeah. he got into his house, they shot him in the head and at his porch, and Bill Cooper dropped dead. Yeah. And that's the end of Bill Cooper, right? In 2000, November 5th, yeah. 2001. Uh, now, I have not seen a photo of his corpse. I will say that now. I have not seen a photo of his corpse. I do not know if that's officially true, if, that, if that's how he died, if he is even dead. I do not know, because yeah. I have not seen a photo of his corpse. And um, I know that's not in macabre. But until I see the photo of the body, and until I see a, a real report that I can literally look at, I doubt all deaths uh, because of the fact that you can fake a death and that these guys are government agents. And that if you can fake your death for witness protection, if you can fake your death because you're an FBI witness, you can fake your death anywhere, anytime, even if you're a celebrity, like Kobe Bryant, etc. Unless you actually physically see the body, do not believe that that person is actually the Tupac, all that, Michael Jackson, etc. Like, unless you actually, you know, because I don't think Bill Cooper's dead. Personally, I think Bill Cooper was a double agent who took it so far that he forgot he was a double agent. Honestly, I started thinking that after the end of his book because he says, like, this is all true, every word of it, unless I've been fed this information to make me say all this. To make you think it's true. I'm like, what the fuck exactly. is that to say? <laughs> exactly. And I know it's a little bit of time. Um, it's only 15 minutes, so I'm not going to get into a college class about these things. I'm not going to be like, oh, a point A at this date at this time. But if you look into his life and you listen to all the episodes of Hours of Time and then you re- look at all his presentations, and I have. I was a Bill Cooper super fan. I listened to at least three hours of Bill Cooper talks every night for a number of years. 
and I would look at new episodes, I would listen to old episodes that were my favorite over and over again, you know, like the, the marching of the feet hour of the time, you know, loved it, yeah. this is the hour of the time. And, I do like I like his voice too. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, and, yeah. And I'm a I'm a young man. I'm only 36, so I wasn't listening to it in the 90s. I've I've heard it through YouTube and stuff like that. Archives, all of it's yeah. freely available. If you're listening to this, listen for yourself. You make up your own mind. But yeah. if you see the 180 he did with UFOs, if you see the 180 he did for UFOs for yourself, it start. Like I understand men can change their minds. Men are allowed to evolve and change your minds. And you can believe one thing like, oh, chocolate ice cream is the best ice cream in the world. And then literally overnight be like, I like vanilla now. I don't like chocolate. And then, you know, it, it's up to you. You That's how life is, right? Life is about change, yeah. etc. And nothing stays the same except change. But, you know, there is something where he's saying that he physically saw UFOs with his own eyes in person saw UFOs defying logic and physics etc he said that he personally read these documents from Majestic 12 uh, and that you know he wrote books where he's talking about extraterrestrials invading the US government uh, unofficially he wrote books called like the Blue Sphere Project the Blue Planet Project which is talking about in depth the number of alien bodies discovered the locations of crashes that were recovered um you know the, the the species that we are in contact with and work with alien abduction theory he's talking to alien abductees etc and then to completely ignore all of that for the last uh, I would say fully six years of his life and then maybe nine and then um, these are the times when he's becoming the most successful this is when he's getting the most mainstream success and he is becoming, in my opinion, the villain. Like, yeah, I know I, I, I really don't want to say, sound cringe, but this is going to happen. You either die a hero or you live long enough to be a villain. Right? Yeah. And I think that's what was happening with Bill Cooper, was that he was living long enough to see him be, himself become the villain of the world, the mainstream Americans... Uh, and the political figures like Bill Clinton, etc., the Bushes, he was their perfect villain. He was a loud, uh, over-the-top, arrogant, heavily armed, like pro-militia, pro-Christian extremism, anti-Illuminati, anti-New World Order uh, yeah. celebrity. And he, I think, either allowed himself to become that are just filled that role subconsciously, but the more I learn about things like MK Ultra, the more I learn about things like uh, subconscious hypnotism and programming, and how this stuff really works long term, like the long term effect. Mm. I think this was all a hypnotized or created character, a persona, a personality, an alter, if you will that was programmed yeah. into Milton William Cooper during his childhood and reinforced during times in his Navy career and then finished with his time with John Lear and Bob Lazar, who I believe are two CIA agents in their own right. Yeah. Now, Bill Cooper himself admits, not only does he come from a military background, he's a military brat, 
Uh, and everyone in the military or anyone who researches satanic ritual abuse, for example, uh, yeah. knows that if you're in the military, you are brainwashed. You don't get a choice. You are MK-Ultraed. Your father is MK-Ultraing you either through discipline, because they've been MK-Ultraed, or just through the confines of life there. You're being taught regimented reality. You're being taught persona reality. You're being taught hypnotic cues, orders, things like that. And you're, you're seeing them subconsciously. Um, the fact that your men have very short haircuts, that men do what they're told, men follow orders. There's a supreme authority that's unquestionable. It's the officers controlling the other men, and then officers controlling those officers. It's the technology. You become more piece of technology than you become a man. Uh, his father was in the Air Force, and he was a pilot, I believe. Pilots are the part of the airplane that has to eat and shit. That's it. You're a piece of you're a piece of plane. You're not. He's like you're the piece of meat that goes in the plane. You're a piece of property, right? Yeah. And, no, this is absolutely true. This is objectification. This is, uh, like, you know, everything that goes in the BDSM, but without the sex, basically. Yeah. This is a 100% mind control and like fucking with you and stuff like that. Absolutely. And he was a member of what they call the Demole Society. The Demole Society is Freemasonry for children. And it's 100% Freemasonry for children. And guess who was a very famous Demole member and leader later on in life? Walt Disney. Ah. So it's not like, oh, it's a little fuck-off group. It's like the Boy Scouts, except, you know, probably a lot more molestation. Um, it's just a way to start them early on the same shit. Yep, it's a lot of cape-wearing, it's a lot of secret-keeping, it's a lot of whispers and secret handshakes and codes and, and you know... Esoteric lifestyle, but it's for children, so it's meant to be easier and well understood, right? But it's the same KKK style, like grand wizardry. Guy wears a cape, and you don't see his face, and he wears a hood and stuff like that. And it's like you know, grand exalted brothers and stuff like that, grand worshipful masters, uh, you know, and secret secret Israeli type practices of standing in like a cube and stuff like that in the high priest order. It's all the same, right? Freemasonry is the same as the Brotherhood of the Garter of uh, the Green Dragon Society, uh, the you know, uh, Scottish Free Race uh, Mason rights are the same as the Co Mason rights. Yeah, they're different, but they're the same. And when you when you master that secret, you can open your mind to a lot of shit. It's different, but it's the fucking same. It's the different, yeah. but it's the same. Um, and Demole Society is Freemasonry. He circled that in his military application, or his military entrance paperwork. And he even admits that is why he was chosen for military intelligence. He goes on to say that when he was in military intelligence, Navy intelligence, he asked, why were all his Navy intelligence friends in the Freemasons, right? Why was everyone in Navy intelligence a Freemason? And he was told, because Freemasons know how to keep secrets. So, in that admittance, he's saying that all intelligence either in every branch of the Pentagon, Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines, um, or civilian intelligence, CIA, NSA, FBI, etc., um, are Freemasons. It's a, it's a society that operates openly in secret as these organi- organized military uniform officials and privately in secret as is a cult uh, uh, brotherhood of secret society members known as the Freemasons. This is true. Every single member of the government, politician or military, is a Freemason. 
You cannot yeah. advance unless you are a Freemason. You will not advance unless you are a Freemason. So if you're looking at a military officer, motherfucker's a Freemason or something like a Freemason, something close, yeah. like a Mormon or something. Right? Any like, large corporation, too, is founded on that. Like, yeah. even, like, my friend sent me a thing about all the beer companies in Canada and how each founding member was a high-ranking member of Freemason. Exactly. Exactly. They're tied in the money. They're tied in the society. They're tied into the elite. So Bill Cooper, having been a Navy intelligence man, right, uh, in a high-ranking position as an admiral's secretary or an admiral's yeoman, to use the Navy term, would have to be, logically, a Freemason, right? Think about it. And Freemasons will never, will never, upon pain of death, openly admit their Freemasonry. Bill Cooper, I think, may not have been a practicing Freemason, but I believe, uh, I believe he got out of the Church of Freemasonry. But then again, you never get out. You never get out. These are loyalty oaths that you sold your soul to. Right, and they upon pain of death, upon pain of death, if you try to get out or tell the secrets that you've already sworn an oath that the brothers will kill you, the other Freemason uh, Freemasons will kill you because you're telling the truth, you're telling too much. And Freemasons have been known in history to kill former Freemasons who try to disclose information. That's one of the oaths they have to take. Uh, so I think Fre- uh, Bill Cooper was a lifelong Freemason. I think he was a Freemason in the Navy. I think he was a Freemason when he got out of the Navy. They think that's why he connected with uh, John Lear and Bob Lazar, because they are Freemason plants in the world of ufology. I think that when he started talking about the ancient mystery Babylon religion, it was in protest of the uh, failed, I guess you call it failed promises, failed career promises of the... UFOlogy world because I think they wanted him I think he wanted to become a lot more successful as a UFOlogist but because the way the world was shifting in the 90s uh, into Bob Lazar into uh, that kind of world uh, with scientists and not just military insiders Bill Cooper's ambition or maybe Bill Cooper just was so involved in the game in the moment that like men do men are competitive men will fight each other over resources over prestige over attention yeah. over attention and bill cooper was also an alcoholic by the way as yeah. aside he he had he was a real man and real men have problems real men that explains a lot well real yeah. men are very complex people like i said ptsd from the navy ptsd from childhood abuse uh, the fact that every man back then did drink a shitload compared to now. Like, men would just drink hard liquor by themselves at home if they had nothing else to do. Uh, men would drink hard liquor at work just because it was work. Like, oh, I gotta be at, in the office. Let me drink this vodka. You know, like, he was, he had a problem. By, by even those, those days, he had a problem. And he would harass and attack even his family. His wife and daughter, for example, were estranged from him and did not communicate with him, had restraining orders placed on him at the end of his life. He married a... Oh, crazy. Yeah, he married a Chinese immigrant. He, he married a Chinese... After, like his second wife? No, his first wife was, was from China. Oh, yeah. And uh, he had yellow fever. Uh, you know, not to be rude or anything, but he had yellow fever. He loved Asian <laughs> women. He was in Vietnam. A lot of Vietnam people yeah. who fought in Vietnam did. Uh, now, 
Yeah. This next, I think that they always kind of like owned him yeah. a little bit, manipulated him. They could easily manipulate him and stuff. Um, but yeah, he was a he was had yellow fever. He like all uh, Vietnamese veterans or Vietnam uh, War veterans took Asian wives and was really into Asian women. Now the dark secret of this world is that when men, Marines, sailors, what are soldiers, whatever, when they go whoring, when they go to your whorehouses in Vietnam, foreign countries, there is no age of consent. There's nothing like that. It's, this is engaging in human trafficking. This is what we know is the taboo of, yeah, this woman doesn't have a say in it. like God, I've been to Thailand. Exactly. You're, these women are chained to beds and fuck huts and sweaty 100-degree temperatures and lines of men are just coming in. You know, like, they're just... And, and the best you can do is be a high-class one, a high-class uh, slave, and maybe get a real room in a bar somewhere. You know, maybe get some real drinks or real clothes. You know, other than that, you're just this, like, little girl who's naked, you know, servicing sailors and stuff at a bar and Phuket. You know, like, that's the reason why they call it Phuket, right? Fuck it. Yeah. No, it's true. It's a whole dark side. just pure prostitutes. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you want to go for a drink there, like, you, we were just, like, playing cards with prostitutes. No, exactly. Like, there's no one else saying I went. No, exactly. And and so this is the real world. Bill Cooper was a real man, salt of the earth, heavy drinking, tough guy. Uh, what do you think guys like that love? They love women. They, they need women. And I have seen in my dark web investigations, uh, it was shown to me actually by one of my insider friends, contacts. I wouldn't call him friend, in, a contact. Uh, old 90s era VHS sex tape. That was Bill Cooper's sex tape. Now, now to be completely fair, you don't see Bill Cooper's straight face on it. He's wearing an Illuminati eyes wide shut mask, if you can believe it. And this Illuminati, this is completely normal. They made eyes wide shut because this had become so popular at the time. That was super common knowledge. Those little party masks, you know, the the sex masks, like they wear in eyes yeah. wide shut. He's wearing one of those, but it's the same exact body shape. And, I, you know, I never understood the idea of a mask hiding your face. Like, like a dog knows who you are if you put on a mask. Like, your body language, your body size, yeah. your body shape, like, everything around you tells you who you are. Not just your eyes and nose and mouth. Yeah. I was say, like, just like, I, I could put a mask on right now and you could tell it's me. You don't have to see their face. Exactly. You can tell yeah. someone, and it's Bill Cooper. It is Bill Cooper, 100%. It's fucking Bill Cooper with a little sex mask on, and he's completely butt naked uh, for most of it. But it's Bill Cooper, and uh, he's with several different Asian women. Uh, and and this is logical because he's from California and Las Vegas. It's really easy to get an Asian prostitute in those areas. And those areas, Nevada and um, you know Nevada, Wyoming, Utah, all that shit, the age of consent is like... 14 years old and I'm yeah. saying this with my eyes closed and my face kind of like scrunched up because I don't want to be like oh I'm pro any of this shit this is all like you know I'm not saying that Yeah. but it is. it was legal so this would also yeah. mean he didn't care he was like I said anti-law anti-order anti-US government he was an outlaw and at the very end of his life with his wife having left him with his daughter out of the house he was having sex with women, mostly prostitutes probably. Uh, this all could have been consensual, but they were young. 
they were young Asian women around the age of his daughter. And uh, other than that, it's a very tame and mundane tape, just uh, a man filming himself having sex with various young-looking Asian women. And this was in the 90s, the late 90s. And that would, you know, obviously severely hinder his reputation. That would probably, you know, be a, a point of contention. And I only say that now because it's a, it's a real part of it. You gotta accept the, you gotta accept the bullshit with the bull, you know. And if that's the case, yeah, that's a that's one way that the government could always control him, and that's one way the government could have paid for him, uh, not just money, not just yeah. uh, not just fame, but with women. And they, they they literally greased him up with a almost endless supply, I think, of young Asian women that they'd probably drop off personally to his Arizona compound, you know, he'd have fun with for the weekend or whatever, and they'd kind of keep that engagement. I think the, the, the time he was killed by the police, I think that was actually one of the meetings with his CIA handlers. I think that was one of the meetings with his handlers that went bad yeah. that maybe this, it, it that wasn't that he went down to stop who he thought were children um, you know or teenagers rocking out smoking some dope and stuff and he was like oh not on my watch you know I'm gonna stop you like I think he was too I think he was down there at his fence line talking to his handlers they told him what was up that he had to stop talking about 9-11 that shit like that they had he went too far and I think at that point he you know, like a drug deal gone bad. Who knows who pulls the first gun? Who knows who starts the shit, right? They could have said something to him. He could have said something to them. But somehow it ended up with both of them exchanging gunfire and him getting killed. I don't think it was them serving a warrant. I don't think he was a completely anti-government figure. I think it was the opposite. I think he was a deep state military plant. I don't think he was aware of it. I don't think a lot of people who are double agents are aware of it. I think that they're they're hypnotized and programmed at such an early age that they they like cuz because the way the ego works, if someone had hypnotized you to be who you are, you wouldn't admit it to yourself. You would think you had freedom of choice. You'd think you'd have your own personality. You'd think you were stronger than they were and that you chose how to live your life. But in reality, I think we're all hypnotized and play the parts that are given to us, like, you know, by the, by the machine. Yeah. And he, if you look into his life, very much played that part. Uh, two things to mention before we kind of wrap it up for the hour. I said, I don't want to make a, a whole college like class on this, you know, a semester's worth of Bill Cooperisms, but two things uh, sure. that relate to it too. The end of his life, the 180 away from UFOs, the 180 away from UFOs from the 80s to the 90s. If a funny thing about that, if you look into it, it coincides quite accurately with uh, Fox Mulder from the X Files, the archetype of Fox Mulder. The FBI agent who believed in UFOs during the X-Files stops believing in UFOs, stops believing in aliens. 100%. People don't even talk about this in the show. He doesn't believe in aliens for the last half of the show, for the last half of the series. It's like four years, four years of show that he does not believe in aliens or thinks aliens are real. He thinks it's all a government cover-up. He goes solid NWO that all aliens are hoaxes, it's all fake, 
uh, by the deep state, by the Illuminati, by the New World Order. And even though aliens are real in the X-Files, like aliens are a real thing, Mulder is wrong, but Mulder has been jaded and his personal belief is that he has been lied to by the government to believe in something that's fake to make him a mockery, to make him foolish, right? That yeah. is 100% Bill Cooper's opinion as well. And I think Do you think that he's based on him? No, I think that was a zeitgeist. I think I think I think Mulder is based on Bill Cooper in a in a way, but I think Mulder was based on America in a yeah. larger way. And a zeitgeist, a zeitgeist oh, yeah. is a spirit of the time. It is a spirit that people share in the moment. And the spirit that people were sharing, the mindset, the philosophy that people had in the 1990s was that aliens were not real. Aliens were a cover-up from the, the deep state because the deep state was enacting the NWO, New World Order, Illuminati takeover. This is the same exact philosophy that people have nowadays towards UFOs. Yes. That even though the government talks about UFOs, even though UFOs are in movies, aliens are everywhere, majority of people, the majority of conspiracy people, do not believe in UFOs. They believe in demons. They do not believe in uh, aliens. They believe in demons. They do not believe in UFOs. They believe it's government technology. They don't believe in uh, extraterrestrials working with the government. They think that the Illuminati brotherhoods are lying and faking aliens to cover up their Luciferian, satanic, antichrist plots. If you asked literally anybody, like 9 out of 10 people, would tell you that they are aware that Project Bluebeam exists, um, that aliens are satanic, they're antichrist, that they're little demons, and that when it's the alien invasion happens, quote-unquote, quote, it will be uh, the... the Antichrist, or Day of Revelation, or Judgment Day, or something like something spiritual, something biblical, right? And they, it won't just be aliens showing up on Earth. It won't just be extraterrestrials meeting our species, etc. It won't be like that kind of Star Trek shit, where it's just Star Trek. It's just Star Wars, you know? Like, oh, it's Chewie. Hey, Chewie. Run, run, run. You know, like I'm an alien. Like, hey, oh, he's my best friend. You know, we're friends. But they'll be like, oh, Chewie is an interdimensional devil. And he's a Satan figure showing up as a friendly extraterrestrial to get you to stop believing in Christ. And they'll, they'll treat it like that. I think that idea yeah. was created and fomented by the government and enacted by agents such as Bill Cooper and Alex Jones. And Bill Cooper... Yeah, because... Oh, Bill Cooper always is saying now that, or like in his broadcast, he's saying like he'll talk about stuff like he, in a certain way, but then he'll say, but I'm a Christian. And I'm just like, what? It doesn't make sense what he's saying. Oh, yeah, that's a big thing. Remember, Christian extremism. Christian extremism, as a parallel during this time, was uh, the terror, is, is one of the only terrorists, domestic terrorism, like uh, things, like reasons, like situations that the FBI recognizes. They don't recognize Antifa. They don't recognize BLM. They, don't, they barely recognize racial extremism, like in the Jewish Defense League and stuff like that. But they recognize Christian extremism in all ways, right? And this is a type of Christian extremism. And this is a type of saying, like, well, anything that happens is against my Christian faith or is a prophecy in my Christian religion to play out to a doomsday way. 
in its way, it's a type yeah. of brainwashing. And it's but say like yeah. like in its way, it is trying to get a group of people to fight against the United States government to fight against the new world. And I I agree, like yeah, it's gonna happen because those things people fight. There's reasons for war that are even stupider and less than that. But holy wars yeah. they happen. But just like how. Um, you won't get the whole truth if you're only looking at it from your side of things. If you only see it in that one specific way, you're not really getting the big picture, right? Like the, a yeah. puzzle piece has yeah. a thousand. A puzzle has a thousand pieces. But if you're focusing on one piece and you're master, like you just know about this piece, this one piece. You don't know the puzzle picture, but you know your piece, and you know it very well. You know exactly where you go. You know how you fit in. But then it's like saying the whole puzzle is just to make sense of your piece. Like the whole puzzle is just to, to confuse you and make you look away from your one small piece and the bigger picture is not real. It's all about this one piece, right? Yeah. Christian extremism is the same way. Um, it, it's, it's the same way because then you start getting into like really nuanced prophecies and stuff like that and like trying to fit the letter. Like, um, you know, and it's just one of those things. Uh, Alex Jones, for example, uh, Bill Cooper had a episode on the Alex Jones show where he was a yeah, special I guest. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Cooper and Alex Jones hate each other. They hate <laughs> each other. And it's funny because like, they're so much alike. Right down to their like puffy alcoholic faces. Exactly. No, and that's the thing. I think Bill Cooper was seeing the changing of the guard. Was seeing Alex Jones as an insider plant. He works for Stratfor, which is a Israeli-funded intelligence network, a private intelligence network that operates out of San Antonio, Texas. Um, it, it, he's from Austin. He's Bill Hicks, the comedian Bill Hicks. Uh, I said, like, he That's is not, exactly he, what I think of him. Yep, I agree with that, too. I agree uh, 100%. I think Alex Jones is also, uh, I mean, real, realistically, he's uh, just a giant, uh, rich, bisexual uh, over the hill, middle-aged man from Texas, like Austin, like all, most yeah. Austinites, most Dallas people, most Houstonians, and he tries to present himself as this uh, real rustic type. But I'm from Texas. I know Texas is super decadent, super hedonistic, super Luciferian, and super queer. It's ruled yeah. by the Freemasons. It's 100% New World Order. It's just a bunch of queer dudes in big cities thinking they're cowboys. And yeah. it's 100% that it's just, it's just money. Like, Elon Musk moved here. Joe Rogan moved here. What does that yeah. tell you? It's fucking yeah. gay. It's like, it's not like a thing. We need to fight for Texas, and that's a whole other discussion. But, er, but just from being from Austin, um, Alex Jones broadcasting from Austin, it doesn't mean shit, right? It just, well, yeah. Is that where you learn how to suck a dick? That's all I say with people yeah. from Austin. Because that, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah. what? Like, what? It's a big city like any other. We have the fourth largest city. So it's like saying all the stuff from New York City, L.A., or Chicago is in Texas. Same shit. Same shit. Yeah. 100%. Same fucking ad. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, you, like you say, oh, I'm from Los Angeles. Like, oh, yeah. that, this, tell, tell me you're a Freemason. Tell me you're an insider. Right? Like, yeah, no one's from the, these places yeah. that's real. Right? And, and not in that, not, like, you know, not nowadays. So this is in the 90s, though, when Alex Jones was first starting. And Alex Jones was 100% political, did not mess with the metaphysical, did not mess with the occult. 100% uh, uh, physical uh, conspiracy theorist, right? Materialist conspiracy theorist. Yep. Uh, Bill Cooper was talking about the Illuminati, the mystery religions, ISIS worship, etc. And at one point, they crossed, they crossed paths and... Uh, Bill Cooper just uh, fucking uh, let Alex Jones have it on his show, right? And Alex Jones cut him off. 
like Alex Jones does. He cuts you off if you're his guest and he doesn't like talking to you. And yeah. it ended terribly, right? Like Alex Jones yeah. called him a, an abusive drunk. He called him a foul mouth, you know, like loser, um, you know, a psychopath, <laughs> you know, like a madman and stuff like that. Alex Jones is telling yeah. this. And Bill Cooper then goes on to attack Alex Jones and calls him a rat-faced little liar, right? And do not trust him. He's just a little punk weasel. And if he wants to go toe-to-toe with Bill Cooper, he'll chop him down at his knees, right? He'll chop him off at his knees. Um, and, and they hate each other. Now, Alex Jones was a far worse pod, uh, far worse brought a radio show than it is now at Infowars and stuff. It was worse quality and it was worsely executed, but he was a powerful personality. And Bill Cooper, who was more accurate and predicted the news, like predicted 9-11, etc., um, at the same time, say the year 2000 occurred, Alex Jones, this is how ridiculous Alex Jones was. Alex Jones reported during Y2K, the new, the new Year's of 2000, he reported that the Soviet, that Russia, under Vladimir Putin, and the UN were invading Texas and the United States via Mexico, the Mexican border, and the Gulf of Mexico. They were landing tanks and they were flying helicopters across the state lines. He reported this during Y2K to try to get as many people afraid and to tune in as possible. And then he said, well, he got his intelligence wrong, and also they did do that, but the National Guard fought him off and beat him out, and then it was secret. They're not going to tell you about the invasion that happened with Russia. Yeah, that's too controversial. You know, they're going to keep it secret. But it did happen. Just trust him, right? <laughs> Just like how Alex Jones would go down to the border and say ISIS was coming across, right? Alex Jones has always been a fucking idiot and a fool, but yeah. intentionally so. Intentionally saying the dumbest shit so that people listen to him. Now, I know Alex Jones yeah. is not wrong 100% of the time, but yes, you can't you deny the fact that... You actually get a lot of stuff right, but you have to or no one's going to listen to you. But you can't deny the fact that in 2000, he did say the Russians invaded America with no evidence, and he broadcast it like it was real breaking news to his audience. So this is the, the level of character. You can either trust one or you can trust the other. Bill Cooper, though, in the year 2000, was talking about Osama bin Laden, was talking about CNN setting up the, the predictive programming, was talking about the New World Order going to start the attack on American soil. And while both have made wrong predictions, Bill Cooper was way more accurate. Bill Cooper was right on the money, right? Yeah. Bill Cooper was becoming grounded and making a lot more sense at that time than anyone else. And that has to be said as a plus for Bill Cooper, that Bill Cooper is more accurate. And if you listen to... Yeah. I would rather listen to all of Bill Cooper's stuff than any of Alex Jones's stuff. I would rather listen to True. more Bill Cooper than Alex Jones, and I'd rather respect Bill Cooper than Alex Jones. But I think that Al, uh, Bill Cooper was killed so that Alex Jones could replace him. Because I think that Alex Jones is a more I loyal think that's agent. Yeah, he's a more he's a more uh, likable and charismatic idiot. He's a bigger fool. He doesn't ma- he doesn't mind embarrassing himself. And I think that when Bill Cooper started speaking about the mystery religions, it pissed off the Jews, 
and it pissed off Israel, and it pissed off the Illuminati, and it pissed off the New World Order in Washington, D.C., and in all the states, because yeah. that's their little secret. That's their secret. It's a big club, and you're not in it. You didn't do the ritual sodomy. You didn't do the, the ritual fellatio. You didn't, uh, you know, ride the goat or whatever. You didn't sell your soul to the ancient Greek Babylonian mystery religions and stuff like that. You didn't do all the things yeah. you needed to do to know this. And uh, when he told people this, it wasn't that Bill Cooper told him. It was because, yeah, he, he, he made it for free. He gave it away. It wasn't like, you know, they could make a dime off of it. And that, yeah. that really is the ultimate taboo. Is you gave it away for free, and Alex Jones still will never admit to the ancient mystery religions. He'll never admit to being a member of them or to knowing anything about that. And he'll never ever criticize uh, the Catholic Church, and he'll never ever criticize Israel. Yeah, he always blames everything on, like, satanic demons. Satanic? <laughs> satanic demons, vampires. And when he was making fun of Hillary Clinton and Obama, and he was calling them satanic losers, demons, he never once mentioned, oh, yeah, and the Freemasons. You know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah and um, the, the, the state of Israel. Or, oh, yeah, you know, and he'll talk about these things in passing, but he never really ever, you know, calls it for what it is. And you're right. Good thing mentioning the, the the demonic satanic element of it. As time has gone on, uh, Alex Jones, who was straight political, no occult, no paranormal, no aliens, nothing like that, has gone full on fucking early Bill Cooper talking about interdimensional alien invaders, uh, vampire forces of good and evil. Um, you know, like full on, like way, yeah. way, way deeper into the woo than Bill Cooper ever went. And no one even bats an eye. Alex Jones is talking about fucking alien invasions from four dimensions. He's talking about, uh, on, he's on Joe Rogan talking about DNT entities. He's talking about the many different kinds of species of extraterrestrial there are and how the government knows all about it, the vampire sexual rights and stuff like that. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. I think. I think uh, the work that Bill Cooper did in bringing conspiracy theories into the mainstream and into the real world and in, away from the crazy shit, away from the, the, the religious, or away from the aliens, away from the woo, and into the real world of secret societies and faiths and religions and cults and beliefs, I think Alex Jones has pushed that back into the world of weird shit. Into the world... Yeah. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong at all. I, I firmly believe it's accurate. I firmly believe that that's how the world really goes. But he definitely... Alex Jones has definitely made a... Has made it foolish again. Alex Jones has made it a mockery again. And Alex Jones has made it uh, a joke again. And Bill Cooper made it serious. Bill Cooper made... All of this deadly serious. Behold, A Pale Horse is a phenomenally serious book. It is incredibly serious. He is straight it's up really telling you really good information. Like He's like, this is important to know. When you listen to yeah. Alex Jones or watch any of his clips, you know, he's, you know he's taking a piss. You know he's making fun of you. But he's such a good like actor. You, you know it's just like, it's fucking weird. It's like he comes out 
intentionally fucking with you. Like, kind of like, you know, he, he knows it's, he knows how ridiculous he is. All his little skits, all his little things. He's like, it's comedy. It's comedy. 100%. Yeah. It's comedy. When he has Milo Yineapolis or whatever, that, that, that gay co-host sometimes on there, uh, when he has his, his little friends co-hosting, when he does his little, like, he's lifting weights or he's outside shirtless in a pond or something like that, or he's drinking, <laughs> he's heavily drinking next to a fire and telling you about, you're the InfoWars, you're the InfoWarriors, you guys are the revolution. That's, that's taking the piss. That's, that's, yeah. he's, he's mocking us. He's, he's a, literally a mockery of what Bill Cooper stood for. Regardless of Bill Cooper was a real man, a complex man or not, you know, good, right, or wrong, he was a hell of a lot better than Alex Jones. And and he really was the hero we deserved, you know, William Cooper was. So at the end of this, I'll just say that, like, uh, I see him as a human being. I don't see him as a hero. I don't see him as a martyr. I don't see him as a messiah. But Bill Cooper was important. Bill Cooper was definitely important. And those broadcasts of his are honest, they're legitimate, and, uh, you know, the truth in them, even the, the all truth, every episode, it, it has information that's very important to listen to and hear, and uh, I highly encourage everyone to go and listen to as many of his broadcasts as possible before they're gone, before they're edited, before they're taken away, and because yeah. it's just getting longer and longer. It's 30 years now since he died, or 20, 22 years now since he died. And it'll just be, in 30 years and 40 years, it'll probably be impossible to get any of the recordings because censorship yeah. is going that way. That, you know, what he talked about is controversial to the extreme. And it's a classic window into the evolution of the conversation we're having as Americans, as humans in the West, as free-thinking people in the English world. You know, this is... It's as relevant today, the stuff that he talked about in 1996, moving into 2026. Yeah. And really, that's all I got to say about that. Like, that's that's my oh, Bill Cooper sure. episode. That's a perfect place to cap in. I think, like, yeah, that's exactly, like, the kind of thoughts I was having. And, I, like, I don't know as much about him as you, but, uh, yeah, that was really great. So thanks for talking to us about Bill Cooper today. We have a lot to think about, and I'm just going to keep pumping out those mystery Babylon episodes, I think, because I think there's a lot of really cool information in there. No, I, I do too. I, I try to... symbolism. I try to rebroadcast uh, uh, mystery Babylon episodes and his UFO talks. I yeah. broadcast a lot of his UFO stuff, because even though he did not believe in UFOs at the end of his life, I still think his UFO research is is incredible and it really does I mean like they said everyone's entitled to change your opinion over anything right like you can change your mind like in a day about everything who you are what you what your name is all that and it's not unnatural it's like important for him to, to do that yeah it's not yeah. A, it's not unnatural to change his opinion but I think his actual opinion was forcefully changed because they changed his act they changed his character they, they told him yeah. not to go down the UFO road, but to go down the uh, U.S. Patriot road, and he did. But, you know, yeah. that that's up to you to decide if you agree or not. But, like I said, it's listening to one episode, you're not going to be able to tell. Listening to two episodes, you're not going to be able to tell. Looking at his entire life's work, you start to see a, you start to see a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of clues 
that may that may point to a mystery. A mystery Babylon. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I try to I try to save that one there. You can see the clues that may answer the mystery, the mystery Babylon. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so we'll just cap that episode there. So thanks for being on today, and uh, he's going to be returning next week. So tune in, guys. everybody out there in dreamland namaste and shalom iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend you are listening to the beyond top secret texan i am the beyond top secret texan broadcasting to you from the coast with the most the gulf coast the third coast of texas the darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told and you must listen to the beyond top secret texan